Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. The book of Ecclesiastes. It follows and comes after Proverbs, and it's before the Song of Solomon book of Ecclesiastes. Also, if you look in the front of your Bibles, it probably has a little index there. It'll tell you where every book in the Bible is and what page number. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, maybe a less familiar book. Then I want you to stick a finger there and also go to maybe a more familiar passage. Anybody heard of Psalms 23? I want to read from Psalms 23 and verse 5. I'd like to take one book from one verse from Ecclesiastes and one book from the Psalms and see what the Lord will do as far as blending these two together. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 1, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor so that the little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Psalms 23 and verse number 5 and I don't expect anybody just to piece it all together here from the go allow me the next 45 minutes to do it Psalms 23 and verse 5 David pinning the words here Psalms 23 read at funerals probably the best known psalm talking about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd the Bible says thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies as though the sheep is talking thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over I appreciate the last song we sung. I felt like maybe I was in tune with the Spirit. Either I was or they were. They were, so I don't know which, but I'll accept it nevertheless. Tonight, for lack of a better title, and I'm still struggling or not, if I made the right choice, Brother Zach, whenever I sent it to him on media, he put LOL, that's funny, humorous, something to that effect. But nevertheless, I want to minister tonight this. There's a fly in the ointment. There's a fly in the ointment I know we that's a common phrase today that's that comes from the Bible there's a lot a lot of cliches that we have that are biblically based like a little bird told you you can find that too in Solomon's writings yeah it was biblically based there's a fly in the ointment with the help of the Lord we're going to blend these two verses of scripture together here tonight let's pray father I thank you God for the anointing of your spirit I'm thankful God for your presence God, I feel in this place. I pray, God, that you would help the inadequacies, Lord, of your messenger right here tonight. God, I pray, Lord, bring clarity to my mind. Bring clarity, Lord Jesus, to my words. God, I'm not doing this, Lord God, for me. I'm not doing this, Lord Jesus, for a show. God, I'm doing this, Lord, as an attendant to heaven tonight. Doing this as a servant of God tonight. I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, speak a clear word. God, a clear word, God, that can be applicable, God, to everybody sitting under the sound of my voice. I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, I'll be sure Lord, when I return, God, to my seat to give you the honor and the glory that is due unto your name, that name that's above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Can the church say amen? Can we clap our hands one more time unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell them there's a fly in the ointment. 
There's a fly in the ointment, and you may be seated tonight in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. There's a fly. There's a fly in the ointment. You can't say that almost without smiling. There's a fly in the ointment, but there is perhaps no insect any more common than or as aggravating as the housefly. Whether there is one of them or many, they tend to be a nuisance. They are a nuisance. Mom had us convinced as kids that the flies increased in numbers and increased in their activity due to the county fair that came to town. (laughs) Nevertheless, they are very distracting creatures at best. In a manner at times, it's almost unnerving. Almost unnerving. They'll, They'll fly in these little patterns and formations close to your head. What is that? Huh? What is that? That they just got to get in your face. Got to fly the V formation or whatever it is, you know, around your head, causing you to do what? Huh? Your arms flailing around in the air, trying to shoo them away, get them away from your eyes, your nose. Lord forbid it would land on your lip. Nuisance. Flies are nothing but a nuisance in my estimation. There's nothing that annoys me any more than seeing a bunch of flies on the window in my kitchen. And just, just for that matter, we keep a fly swatter behind the microwave that, honey, if it's in arm's distance, it's the same as dead. Can't stand flies all on the windows in the kitchen. Can't stand to go to McDonald's. And I think they got a fly farm. Swarming around the big windows that they have. What a nuisance. How disgusting. How nasty. You're going to eat your cheeseburger. And you got thousands of eyes peering at you from the windowsill of the McDonald's. Disgusting. What a, what a nuisance. And then there's, it's just not the house fly. But there's, I'm telling you, other types of flies that make regular visits to houses. And that's the fruit fly. Man, they are small. But they are just as frustrating. They are little, but they are large and in charge when they come out in numbers. Those things can reproduce, I consider, at the rate of rabbits. I'm telling you the truth. You get you a few house flies and, and a few fruit flies, and folks, it ain't just but nothing but insanity in the house. You can't eat. You can't sleep for you hear a little... Mm. Buzz by, you know, land on your nose. My wife, she hears a fly in our bedroom sometime during the summer. She turns the light on. She says, dear, you get up and kill this fly before we go to sleep. They're a nuisance. Horrible. As a matter of fact, the Drosophila, which is a fruit fly, the Drosophila study, it was called, whenever each of us five kids, amen, took it as a freshman in biology class doing the Drosophila study. From Mr. Murphy short with his bow tie. And it was in that study as freshmen, all five of us, that each of us in our first year of high school, we would carry home two little baby food jars with what started as a couple of fruit flies in them. And with a short, very short period of time, those two fruit flies would turn into many, many fruit flies as they would continue to reproduce, lay eggs, go to a stage of a larva, and then a fly again. And they would begin to eat the food that we placed in the bottom of, you remember that? Placed in the bottom of those little baby food jars, and they would reproduce and reproduce. 
and we would bring them home and we would take them to school. They were our project. We had to take very good care of them. And period- periodically, we would take them to school and we would take them out of our jars at school. We'd give them a little shot of ether, knock them all out. And we were supposed to take them out of the jars while they were knocked out. And we were to count which one, how many male we had, how many female we had. And we were to write all of this down. And so you must understand, this had a big impression on my life. Be able to tell you about it right now. This evidently was a very interesting learning experience. Amen. For me. But perhaps this is what seared it in my mind more than anything. I'm not certain, Dad, if it was due to holes being made a little too big in the lids or the jar lid maybe not on as tightly as it should have been on tight and I don't remember even who at this point one of you might be able to tell me but somebody's fruit flies escaped the experiment in our house honey whenever you got well into this experiment you had hundreds of fruit flies in a baby food jar Do you understand? We had a small home and there were seven people living in it. Do you understand the nuisance that 71 or 100 plus fruit flies can cause in an already crowded house? I'm telling you right now, those jokers, hey man, came to take over. Everybody's nervous now about opening their mouth. They was afraid of inviting a stranger in, if you know what I'm talking about. Amen. I mean, how can something as small as that fruit fly or a fly in general, how can it be that disruptive? How can it be that disruptive at a meal? And and yet it seems like they do. Constantly they do. And I don't know the number of times I've stopped what I've been doing just to pay attention to a fly that I was hoping I could kill. I know God bless all the children and all the insects and all that good stuff, but if I find one, it's dead. I'm going to try my best to kill it. And so these pesky little things are very influential. They're influential. They're distracting. They're, they're a nuisance. They're dirty. They're nasty. They're, 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 I mean, I just don't like flies. I, I mean, listen, I know they have their part in the whole ecosystem, but I just don't like flies. They're pesky. They're influential. As a matter of fact, they are so influential that God even caused a, a grievous, the Bible says, a grievous swarm of flies to invade the house of Pharaoh and all the people of Egypt and the Bible says that the flies were part of one of the plagues that God brought up on Egypt amen and David even recorded that there were diverse sorts of those type of flies that came into Egypt in so much the Bible says these flies small as they may be corrupted the land just flies they corrupted the land everybody say flies are nasty Flies are nasty. They don't have teeth, but they have taste buds on their feet. They like to eat manure and oat garbage. Some of the germs from those materials stay on their feet and their mouth parts when they land on your food. And when they land on your food, they vomit, and the acid from their vomit dissolves the food so they can suck it up back into their mouth. That's disgusting. But that's a fly. Flies also are known to carry disease. They're disease carriers. During the Spanish-American War, 5,000 soldiers died from typhoid, a disease that was spread by flies, while only 4,000 soldiers actually died in the war. 
There were more soldiers that died from the disease that flies were carrying than there were that died in the actual war. Flies carry disease. Someone say amen. It's no surprise then to read in Scripture in Ecclesiastes 10 that the Bible states that dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. And it isn't so much as our English Bibles has it translated. It isn't so much dead flies as it is more properly translated deadly flies. Deadly flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. No doubt. Think about everything that those things have landed before they reach the ointment. Think about all the germs and the diseases that perhaps they are carrying before they reach the ointment. And the Bible says they make the ointment of the apothecary to stink in its savor. I'm here to tell you here this evening. I'm going to work out. It's going to take me just a little time, but you got the time right, and I got the voice. Amen. The work of the apothecary throughout Scripture was one that was held in great honor and great esteem in Jerusalem. The, the, the job, the responsibility of being the apothecary, it was a place, a position to be looked up to. It was the work of the apothecary that tempered together the holy anointing oil that is spoken of in the book of Exodus. It's that holy anointing oil that was the work of the apothecary that was used over all the instrumentation of the tabernacle, all the instrumentation of the temple. It was that ointment that the Bible says there was none like it, none compared to it, not another made after its fashion. It was an ointment, the confection of art, if you will. It was a perfume of purity that the apothecary had compounded together. Someone say amen. As a matter of fact, the only other place outside of Ecclesiastes that we even ever hear of the office or the position of apothecary in the Bible is in his making of the holy anointing oil. That's the only place you see it outside of Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. It's in his making and compounding of the holy anointing oil. In so much that in Ecclesiastes 10 and 1, when you read the word ointment, it means oil for anointing. Oil for anointing. He said deadly flies maketh the oil for anointing to send forth a stinking savor. Flies in most regards are pretty insignificant creatures. In the overall grand scheme of things they are pretty insignificant but a perfumer's oil on the other hand was quite costly was quite valuable substance that was created with care and could only be done by the apothecary and his skill each mixture that the apothecary made was a very unique blend it had value it was costly and yet still Solomon says that the deadly flies, those insignificant things, had the ability of placing a stigma on the value of the ointment. They had a way to disgrace the value of the anointing oil. They had a way to dishonor 
the value of the anointing oil. The Bible does not say, and I think it's important to underscore this in your mind for our purposes tonight. It's not that the ointment was ruined, but it did not smell like it once had smelled. The Bible does not say the deadly flies ruined the ointment, but that they caused it to stink. It didn't have the same aroma that it once had. It didn't send forth the same fragrance that it once had. The deadly flies tainted the normal aroma of the ointment. They influenced its reputation for what it was known for, and one of those things was its fragrance. Someone say amen. So this statement about dead flies causing the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor might be better understood by looking at the phrase that came before it and the phrase that came after it. Amen. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 18 is a phrase and also in Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 1 is a phrase that comes after it. The Bible says this, wisdom is better than weapons in Ecclesiastes 9, 18 of war. But here's the phrase, but one, everybody say one. One sinner destroyeth much good. Go on to Ecclesiastes 10.1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth, everybody say a little, a little folly. Him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. I told my wife, man, I have a hard time. You know, whenever you preach, you're supposed to proclaim. When you teach, you're supposed to explain. A lot of times I explain why I proclaim. And that's just who I am. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can ever change that. But nevertheless, dead flies then. When you see this, this, this phrase couched between one sinner destroyeth much good and so doth a little folly, amen, him that is of reputation for wisdom and honor. When you see that phrase then couched between these two, dead flies don't destroy all the good of the ointment. But they do disgrace the ointment. Dead flies don't change the effectiveness of the ointment, but they do mar the reputation of the ointment. They for sure don't add anything beneficial to the ointment. They stink. Whether it is one sinner or a little folly or deadly flies, they all cause a stink. In other words, all of the good, all of the people are put in question over one person being a sinner. The whole reputation of the man, his wisdom and his honor is put into question over one moment of folly. The whole ointment is put in question over the deadly flies that are causing it to stink. Someone say amen. Ah, and so when we understand this, amen, all the good that is analyzed, amen, of men is analyzed through the lens of one sinner's life. The high reputation of wisdom and honor of the man, it's weighed by the speck of folly that was in his life. And the anointing, the oil for anointing was disgraced and dishonored by a stinking fly in the ointment. Everybody didn't okay? The word flies in Ecclesiastes is the Hebrew word, zebub, and I am not pronouncing that right. We'll have Brother Mason do it some other time. It comes from an unused root meaning to flit, F-L-I-T, to flit. 
You want that defined in our English dictionary? It means to pass or move quickly or abruptly from place to place. Fly. You got your fly swatter. You know exactly where it's at, honey. Miss. Miss. How many times does it take sometimes to kill a fly? It's flitting. It's moving from place to place quickly. Oftentimes abruptly from place to place. He said dead flies. They're flitters. <laughs> they flit. They move. When the Lord, watch me now because we're going to start tying some stuff together. Whenever the Lord in the book of Job, Brother James, whenever he asked Satan, whence comest thou? Whenever there was the meeting of the angels and Satan showed up too, the Lord asked Satan, whence comest thou? Satan replied, from going to and fro. From walking up and down in the earth. Satan's response on two measures in Job was that. I've been to and I've been fro. I've been up and I've been down in the earth. You know what that sounds to me like? Something flitting. Something darting here and abruptly going here and over there. And then all of a sudden he's here and then he's gone and he's over there flitting around, if you will. I believe Peter even harmonizes his voice with the book of Job in 1 Peter 5 and 8. When he admonishes us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, flitting to, fro, here, there, up, down, seeking whom he may de- flitting around not only that whenever we read whenever we read the record of the New Testament scripture there was one particular time you can read it in Matthew Mark and Luke the harmony of the gospels there was one time that Jesus was casting out an unclean spirit he was casting out a devil from a dumb individual the Bible says and I'm not talking about intellect but a dumb individual and the Bible said he did that and when Jesus had done that the people said unto Jesus he casteth out devils through Bill Z. Bub. Bill Z. Bub, the chief of devils. Someone say amen. In another harm of the gospels, they said he did it through Bill Z. Bub, the prince of the devil. Christ, though, brings it all together in Luke 11 and verse 18. He spoke back to those boys. He says, you think I've cast out, amen, the devil, amen, by Beelzebub? He said, if Satan, here it is. He said, if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because he say that I cast out devils through Satan. You know what Jesus is getting to the bottom of right here? I cannot cast out devil or Satan by Beelzebub because Satan is Beelzebub. He is the prince of devils. He is the chief of devils. Satan flits around here and there. He goes to and fro. He's up. He's down. He's walking all about. Okay. I know you're not convinced and that's the reason why I'm prepared for those that are not. Not only that, but Beelzebub. Zebub. Notice that. That was the word for flies that we looked at in the Hebrew. That word Beelzebub of the New Testament is the same Beelzebub of the Old Testament which was a pagan god in the city of Ekron. Zebub in Hebrew means flies. 
while both Baal and Beal means God and Lord, thus literally translated, Beal Zebub is the Lord of the Beelzebub then is the Lord of the flies. Christ was telling them in the New Testament, Satan is the Lord of the flies. He's the flitting one. He goes here and he goes there. He goes to and he goes through. He goes up, he goes down. He walks all around. I did this cautiously, but this week I looked up in the Wikipedia for occults. I looked up in their Wikipedia for occults, and they say that Beelzebub has command over disease. Amen. Because flies that gather around corpse of the dead spread the disease from the dead to the living. That's what they say about their Lord. Mm, of the flies. Someone say amen. Satan, Beelzebub, has been a fly in the ointment from the beginning. He was a high archangel by the name of Lucifer. Ezekiel 28 tells us he was the anointed cherub that covereth, that he walked. You read Ezekiel 28. The Bible says as Lucifer, he walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire that were on the holy mountain of God. And now, since he can't flit around in the heavenlies, he's flitting around among us. Since he can't walk up and down among the holy mountain, he's walking up and down to and fro here and about in the earth. Someone say amen. Listen, he was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. But he profaned his presence. He corrupted his presence. If I will, if you will, he become the proverbial fly in the ointment. He brought dishonor to God's presence. He brought disgrace to God's presence. He made the anointing that he was smeared with because he was the anointed chair. He made the anointing that he was smeared with to stink. He was the fly in the ointment. It doesn't change the ointment's effectiveness, but it starts to somehow influence how people look at the ointment. It brings a speck upon its reputation. Uh, someone say yes. Everybody doing all right? So we have deadly flies. If I interpret, we have Satan getting in the ointment the oil for anointing and causing it to stink. Psalms 23, David says to his shepherd, thou anointest my head with oil. That's the phrase I want you to consider. He said thou anointest my head with oil. Psalms 23, once again, is honing before us, depicting before us a relationship between sheep and their shepherd. And so David uses this picture of a relationship between a sheep, 
between sheep and their shepherd, he uses that scene as an analogy for our relationship with our God, being the sheep of his pasture, him being the shepherd, and us being his flock. Here is the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. In the summer time, flies in the culture, and still yet today, flies will buzz around the head of the sheep during summertime. There is a particular fly that the shepherds know to be a nuisance for the sheep. It is called the bot fly, B-O-T. It's called the bot fly, or otherwise known as the nasal fly. These nasal flies would buzz around the heads of the sheep with hopes of depositing their eggs in the nasal passages along the edge of the noses of these sheep. And it's then those, those flies in their larva stage would travel up the nasal passage of the sheep and inhabit the nasal passages, even the sinus passages of the sheep. The sheep were not even ignorant of this time of year. They knew too well this time of year as well. It drove the sheep crazy to even ponder. Uh, shepherds could already tell when it was coming time because the sheep had an intuition that it's about time for the attack, if you will, of the flies. They knew it was coming. The Bible says that these things would get into their nostrils and make the sheep almost literally crazy. Some of the sheep would become very frantic with fear and they would begin to panic in attempts to escape the tormentor, their flies, to escape them. Some, they say, would run much further, amen, from the flitting flies as quickly as they could, amen. And some, after running for so long, would drop just from sheer exhaustion of running away from the fly. Someone say amen. There were many negative effects of these flies upon the sheep. These flies at different stages. Just watch with me here. Think of application if you will. The sheep, if these flies, these larvae got in their nose, they would beat their heads. The sheep would. They would beat their heads. Amen. Against rocks and trees and the ground and stones because of an infestation of the flies that would get in their noses. In severe cases, these sheep had been known to kill themselves because they were driven crazy by the flies that were inhabiting their head. These infestations of the flies at a larva stage could get so bad that not only would he suffer in his head, but fly that these sheep many times would grow blind and lose their vision as a result of the fly. Because the skull bone is so thin around the sinus cavities, these larvae would actually come into, pass through the bone, into the brains of the sheep. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about right now, but I am already preaching. It would get into the brains of the sheep and start to affect all the different areas. Their memory, their ability to smell, they would affect all the different, different parts of the brain of the sheep because of their being a fly. I've read reports, they said because of these flies, the sheep many times would become depressed. become depressed with their heads lowered to the ground because of what was taking place in their head. Uh-huh. 
Uh huh. It says they would stop eating. They would stop eating and they would separate themselves from other sheep. I can connect the dots for you if you want me to. He said they would separate themselves from other sheep because of the fly invasion. Let me tell you something, folks. Belzebub, Satan, your adversary, the devil, likes to come around the sheep. He likes to buzz around their heads. He likes, if possible, to get in your mind, get in your brain. He likes to steal your vision. He likes to steal your vision. He likes to depress you and cause you to walk around with your head, Lord. He wants you to bang your head against everything because it seems like nothing's working. Nothing's taking place. It's the same old, same old. It's the attack of the fly. He wants to separate you from your sister and your brother in the Lord. He wants to cut you off. He wants to isolate you. He wants to quarantine you. The devil, the Lord of the flies, wants to do that to you. Even so much, he's trying to separate you. The Bible says, what does it say? Psalms 133 and verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell, to gather in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head. I'm getting there. I'm trying not to get ahead. But when the ointment is on the head, the flies are at bay. That's why David said, Thou anointest my head with oil. Prevention against the nasal fly was having the oil on the head of the sheep. David said, it's beautiful to see the brethren in unity. It's like oil that's on the head because they are separated from each other when they're under the attack of the Lord of the flies. But if we get the anointing on their heads, there's a unification. There's a coming together. There is a bringing in the gaps of the separating of the pot. Folks, there's a fly in the ointment. Come on, let's clap our hands uproariously unto the Lord right now. He'll take your vision. He'll get in your head. He'll cause you not to eat. The Lord of the flies doesn't, doesn't desire anything more for the, the shepherd to be thrown forth food and you not be eaten. They did not eat, not because they weren't being fed, but because they had no appetite. They were distracted from what they needed to be. There's a fly. In the ointment. Not only that, listen to me. This is, man, this is just out of my mind. As a result of the flies and the eggs and the larvae that traveled up that nasal passage and into those sinus cavities, the, the sheep's smelling ability is stifled and affected. But that does not go without consequence. Listen to me. Because whenever the sheep's smell is stifled, the dough. The female is not able to smell her young like she once smelled her young, causing then her 
to neglect her lambs. I tell you what, come on now. <laughs> and then in many ways affecting their survival. Because there's a fire. But it goes a step further. It don't just affect mama. It affects daddy. Because now daddy, because his smell is impacted, he won't be able to smell the female when she's in heat. And they won't reproduce like they used to reproduce. It's limited and birth rates are going to be lowered because he's not going to have any interaction with mama because he can't smell her when she's ready. Someone say amen. There's a fly in the ointment. And I just stepped back here today while I'm finishing putting all this together and I'm thinking, my God, all this is because of some flies. They're nuisance. They're dirty. They're disgusting. They carry disease. All this is because of some flies. Let me just throw in a little bonus round for you. So much so that Ekron, the city in which Beelzebub, that pagan god, was. You can read of it in the book of uh, First or Second Kings. Ekron, most northerly town of the Philistines, of the five lords of the Philistines. Place where Beelzebub, the lord of the flies, was worshipped. Interestingly enough, Ekron means childless. Don't tell me it'll affect the reproduction. Don't tell me birth rates are going to be lowered when the Lord of the flies is causing some havoc among the sheep. But so here written, i got to preach here. Come on now. So here written from the perspective, Psalms 23, from the perspective of a sheep-shepherd relationship, David cries out as being the sheep and God being the shepherd. And he says, Thou God, anointest my head with oil. It was common because the shepherd's aware of it and the sheep are aware of it. It was common then in summertime of the year that the shepherd would cover the nose, all parts of the head, all areas of the head with oil to anoint them to prevent the attack of the flies so that the sheep can keep a sound mind. For the sheep can keep a clear vision. So the sheep can keep their smell and watch over their young and reproduce with their other kind. So the sheep would not go blind. So the sheep would not be best messed up to insanity in the head. So they wouldn't feel like they had to hit their head against a stump. Someone say, someone say, so he's going, to have all, he's going to have all these. They're going to go by. He's going to put the ointment on their nose and on their head, all areas of their head. Why? Because the flies will come. It'll wreak havoc. It'll cause, they'll flit around to and fro here and there all about. And they are going to find themselves not just on the exterior. They're going to find themselves in the lamb. They're going to find themselves in among the sheep if the oil is not put upon the head of the sheep. Is everybody all right? All righty. Remember you said it, not me. The two verses that I presented you with tonight, Ecclesiastes 10, 
in Psalms 23. There are three main things that are being dealt with in these two verses I want you to draw your attention into. We're dealing with flies. We're dealing with ointment. More particularly, anointing oil. And we're dealing with sheep. Flies, ointment, and sheep. Watch me now. In Ecclesiastes 10, we don't want flies in the ointment. In Psalms 23, we don't want any flies in our sheep. Ecclesiastes, we don't want it in the ointment. In Psalms, we don't want it in the sheep. Because when a fly gets in the ointment, they make the ointment stink. It becomes a disgrace. It becomes a dishonor to the ointment when a fly gets in the ointment. But we don't want flies in sheep either, according to David. Because when flies get in sheep, they become depressed. They lose their vision. They don't mate. They go crazy. They become insane. They separate themselves from the members. They stop eating. It affects virtually every avenue of their life. It dilutes their smelling sense. Someone say amen. <laughs> Flies would get in the ointment when the ointment was by itself. Flies got in the ointment when the ointment was setting open on a shelf. All by itself. Flies would go around and get into sheep when they were by themselves. When their heads were not covered. When their heads were not anointed. Therefore, both the ointment and the sheep. We don't want flies in the ointment. And we don't want flies in the sheep. Flies got in the ointment because it was by itself. Flies got into the sheep because they were virtually by themselves. The only cure or remedy to keep the fly out of the ointment and keep the fly out of the sheep is to get the ointment on the head of the sheep. The only cure to keep it out of the anointing and keep it out of the sheep is by all means slap some anointing on the head of the sheep. What are you saying then tonight? I tell you what our dilemma is for the sheep and I tell you what our dilemma is for the anointing of the Holy Ghost not to be disgraced or dishonored or have a stigma. Honey, don't let that stuff sit around. Get it on the head of the lambs. Get that anointing on the head of the lambs. Take care of that depression. Take care of that loss of vision. Take care of that wanting to be isolated. Take care of all these things. My God, the only solution we got to the fly and the ointment is the oil on the lamb. The only solution to the fly and the ointment is the oil on the lamb. Because when the ointment left the shelf and got on the head of the lamb, both the oil and the ointment are preserved. Both the oil and the ointment are preserved. The sheep are protected and the ointment is not disgraced. 
flies are absent. The flies don't have the sway the flies could have when the oil is on the head of the sheep. You understand what I'm saying, Bishop? You understand what I'm saying? Belzebub has lost power. Satan has lost dominion when the oil gets off the shelf and gets on the head of the sheep. That's the reason why he doesn't want the song service to be anointed. He doesn't want your singing to be anointed. He doesn't want your prayer to be anointed. He doesn't want your worship to be anointed. He doesn't want you coming in here getting anointed because if the oil gets off the shelf and gets on your head, both you and the oil are preserved because the solution to the fire and the ointment is the oil on the sheep. Oil on the sheep. We don't have no record of it. I'm sure the lambs probably stunk. But see, it was serving the purpose it was made for. The ointment didn't stink when it was on the head of the sheep. And the sheep weren't troubled when the oil was on the head of the sheep. As a matter of fact, shepherds have denoted this. I have read several, several accounts. Shepherds have denoted this. Some have said this, that there was a quiet assurance that came over their sheep whenever they felt the ointment being applied to their head. That little sheep that at first is a little fearful and panicky and trotting here and there because of the flitting flies that are in the air whenever he feels the oil of his shepherd. Touch his head. He begins to come calm. And he's not hitting his head against any more trees. He's not lowering his head in depression. He thinks I'm going to go to the trough today and eat. I just might have, amen, produce offspring with my... There's a blessed assurance that comes whenever the oil is placed on the head of the sheep. I'm going home tired tonight, but I'm going to go home happy. The oil placed on a shelf, mixed and blended by the apothecary, placed on a shelf by itself, will not prevent the flies from coming. They can still get in the ointment. Although it's the pure blend, although it's just as the apothecary has tempered and compounded, flies can still bring a disgrace and dishonor to the ointment when it's by itself. But it's important again to realize tonight, when the oil that was made by the apothecary, oil for anointing, when it serves its purpose, the purpose for which the apothecary has created it for, the oil and the sheep are preserved. When we talk about the anointing in the scriptures, the anointing, the anointing is not screaming. The anointing is not spit and speed. The anointing is not sweat dripping off my nose down to my socks. None of that is the anointing. If you try to equate that with the anointing, you are greatly mistaken. None of that is the anointing. I could sit here right here tonight, not be screaming, not be talking very loud, and not be sweating like I am and be anointed. 
Anointing don't have to do with spit or speed or any of that. Anointing indicates nothing more but God's presence. The anointing indicates God is present. In Genesis 28, whenever Jacob, he was leaving his home and he bunkered down for the night at Luz that he later called Bethel. Whenever he bunkers down there and he grabbed a stone for a pillow and he goes to sleep and he has a dream. He has a dream of a ladder that reaches into heaven and the Bible says he sees angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And the Bible says that whenever Jacob woke up, whenever he came to his senses, he woke up and the Bible says he poured oil. He poured oil upon the stone he had been sleeping on. He put it up right as a pillar and poured oil upon it because the Bible says whenever Jacob woke up, he realized that the Lord was in the place where he was at. And so to signify that God was present, he pours oil. He anoints. He pours oil upon a stone because that anointing act denoted that God was present. And the anointing carries that type of weight with it. When there is anointing, God is present. God is at work. God is on demand. David saying, thou anointest my head with oil. God, if you will anoint my head, I know you are present. If you anoint my head, I know that you are here. And if God is present, the flies are not present. Or at least have less influence than if there were no anointing. If I can get oil on the heads of the lambs, I'll keep flies out of their lives. Someone say amen. And I probably got more here to preach than you got time to listen. Maybe. Y'all right? They're a nuisance. They're disgusting. They're nasty. And the Lord of the flies, listen here. Why? 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 I mean, getting in the ointment, getting the sheep. Listen, the Lord of the flies wants to get in the ointment. Bilzebub or Belzebub or if we can just simplify it, Satan. Satan wants to get in the ointment. And he wants to get in the sheep. He wants to get in the ointment because he was the anointed cherub. He wants to get in the oil because the oil used to be on him. He wants to get in the oil because the oil used to be on him. And to his estimation, the closest route to this now happening for him is him to get into the oil. Where the oil used to be placed upon him, now he's trying to get in the oil. Rather than it being put on him, he's trying to get in it. And he's wanting to get in the sheep because not only was he the anointed cherub, but he was the cherub that covereth. He was the cherub that covereth. He's flitting around the heads of the sheep. He's flitting around your all's heads tonight. Because it's his frail attempt to become the covering once again to the sheep. Going to flit around their head. Although his measures and his, his means is negative and, and wicked and evil right now. He's just trying, he's trying to get back to where he once was. He's trying to get anointed and he's trying to be a covering. 
but it shall not, it cannot, and it will not happen as long as we get the anointing on our heads. If you'll stand with me tonight, I don't want to wear you out where you can't go to work tomorrow. Lord of the flies, Satan flitting around our minds, flitting around our lives, hampering our reproduction and, and our consciousness of our youngins. The answer again, the answer. If you don't remember anything, remember this. The answer to the fly in the ointment is the anointing on the head. Because that's what it was created for. That is its purpose. It serves not its design if it sits on a shelf. It doesn't serve its design, Brother Fred. If it sits on the shelf, its design was for the sacred. Its design was for the holy. Its design in the Old Testament, the only things that normally were anointed in the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings. But it belongs today upon the head of the sheep. And I'm asking someone in this place in the closure of this service tonight, will you cry out to God as David did? And will you just make a simple plea with him? God, will you anoint my head with some oil? Will you anoint my head head with some oil because listen he doesn't want you invaded by flies he doesn't want you invaded by your adversary he doesn't want you to walk around you and bow your heads down he doesn't want you to walk around in deep depression he doesn't want you walk around diseased he doesn't want you to walk around and, 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 and lose your connectivity to the body of Christ. He doesn't want you to be pushing back the plate of the Holy Word of God. No, he doesn't want none of that. He doesn't want you banging your head, feeling as though you're being driven insane by everything's going on in your life. He does not desire that for you. You need some oil on your head. You need some oil on your head. I felt like tonight, whenever I was finishing this up in my office this afternoon, I felt like reading this. This is something that Sister, Sister Deborah handed to me and Brother B and Bishop not long ago on November the 27th. She handed this to me. This is a word from the Lord. She pinned it down. She wrote it down. She says, you can do with it whatever you want, Pastor. I've just sat on it. I've kept it in my Bible until this moment because I feel like the Spirit prompted me. Tonight is the night that I need to share this. This is not Sister Deborah writing. This is the Holy Ghost writing through Sister Deborah. This is a word of prophecy for this church. And I feel like this is the time for it to come forth. And so listen to this. This is what the word of the Lord said. The Lord would say unto the church, Stop cowering in fear. For too long you have allowed the powers of darkness to have the upper hand. As long as you continue to allow the enemy to dominate you, you will continue to experience defeat. Did I not give you authority over all powers of darkness? Did I not defeat your foe on the cross? Does my word not say that one can put a thousand to flight? Rise up, my people, in authority and power, in my name. Take a stand against your defeated foes. Start living in victory instead of defeat. Rise up, rise up, 
says the Lord. Walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as you have been commanded to do in my word. You know what I boil that down to is this. Ask God to anoint your head with some oil. Ask God for the Holy Spirit of oil of his blessing and power to be placed upon your head and wore off the flies, the Lord of the flies against the ointment and against his sheep. These altars are open right now. These altars are open right now. If there's anybody with the marching, with the marching orders of heaven that would like to come to an altar and say, God, anoint my head. Anoint my head. Anoint my head. Whatever he had planned was fine, Brother Mason. That doesn't change anything. Amen. Anoint my head, God. Anoint my head with oil. Anoint my head. The ointment won't be disgraced or dishonored if we get the oil on the head. The sheep won't be driven to insanity, separated from the members, and be lacking food because of the flies if we get the oil on the head. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. The answer to the fly and the ointment is the oil on the sheep. It's the oil and the oil. Come on, sir. Somebody needs to begin to cry out to God. Some of you have been walking around with your head down. Some of you have been hitting your head against stones and bricks and you've been driven almost insane. Some of you has, has, has lost consciousness of your young because of the flies. Some of you, some of you are not wanting to reproduce in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And see other people born again of the water and the spirit. It's all because we're allowed to fly. The ointment's not been applied. The ointment's not been applied to that. Come on, somebody grab a horn of oil off the shelf and let's get it applied to our heads. Our heads. Thou anointest my head with oil, Lord. Thou anointest my head with oil, Lord. Harabo Kosanda Ramasaya. Oh, let's worship him. Let's call upon God right now. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.